Here's a story from The World. More scenes of chaos today near Kabul's airport. Scores of people sitting along the streets leading to the terminal, Taliban soldiers guarding the entrances, and the sound of heavy gunfire as hundreds try to find a way to relative safety. Several people were reportedly killed. We've heard a lot about the interpreters who worked with American forces who are trying to get out. The Taliban have called them traitors who must be punished. Many already have been. Since 2014, at least 300 Afghan interpreters or their relatives have been killed. Now many of these Afghans who work for the U.S. are trying to leave. They're frightened that they'll be left behind, forgotten. The world's Monica Campbell begins our coverage today. Good evening, madam. I've been in touch with Jalil for several months. Lately, he's been sending me voice memos as the Taliban take over Afghanistan and Kabul, where he lives. I had to leave my house, send my wife and my kids to my in-law's house to be safe there. And Jalil hid out at a relative's house and kept watch. I spent the night over there on the rooftop, watching and from the rooftop, the Taliban's. There were too many of them patrolling everywhere. He's an expert lookout. He worked for years, nearly a decade, with the U.S. Special Forces as an interpreter. That made him a Taliban target, and it's why he's asked not to use his full name. And for years, he waited for a U.S. visa, called a Special Immigrant Visa, or SIV, for him, his family, and his young kids. Just last week, he said U.S. officials told him, OK, get ready to go to the Kabul airport. You're flying out in a few days. And then they called me saying that they, they cannot evacuate me right now. They are going to plan another flight for me. The chaos following the Taliban's fast takeover of Kabul bumped Afghans like Jalil down the priority list. U.S. citizens, diplomats now come first. So military veterans are now working nonstop to make sure that people like Jalil are not left behind. I'll do anything for him. He gave up so much fighting side by side with me and my team. I mean, he's a teammate. Dave Smythe is a former U.S. Special Forces officer who deployed multiple times to Afghanistan and worked alongside Jalil. He says it feels like he's watching a brother die in slow motion. I want to be optimistic and think that those SIV flights are going to go out. Realistically, I don't think that's going to happen. It's sad that we weren't able to do this faster. It's sad that we gave up, you know, so many bases and platforms that we could have launched from. U.S. officials say they're doing their best. In recent weeks, about 2,000 Afghan visa applicants have been evacuated, but that's just a slice of the estimated 85,000 visa applicants and their families hoping to leave. Pentagon spokesman John Kirby spoke to reporters this week. Over the next two weeks, we're going to uh, be as aggressive as we can and moving as many people as we can. Today, some special immigrant visa applicants uh, got on planes, a trickle. Many worry that the window to get out will close, especially if the Taliban decide to block Afghans from leaving. Julie Kornfeld is a senior staff attorney at the International Refugee Assistance Project, which helps Afghans seeking visas. She's concerned about Afghans at risk in Kabul and in remote provinces, where the Taliban can rule away from the media spotlight. There are hundreds of thousands of Afghans that live outside of Kabul and that are in desperate need of protection and security. For them, getting to Kabul means traveling long stretches of highway controlled by Taliban checkpoints. Kornfeld knows one couple who figured out a way through. 
one of my clients very creatively, he rented a taxi ambulance, uh, knowing that the Taliban would not be as diligent searching an ambulance. Luckily for him, he had a really good cover. His wife is currently 35 weeks pregnant, and they hid all the documents in his wife's Afghan clothes. In Kabul, Jalil is desperate for good news. But he's also a dad and trying to keep his little kids calm. He sent me a video of his two-year-old boy playing hide-and-seek. Jalil eventually found him after opening a kitchen cabinet. The boy is smiling, crouched up into a ball. It feels like normal life, but outside doesn't. Jalil is seeing Taliban fighters in pickups armed outside his window. Patrolling everywhere on the rangers, motorcycles, getting weapons. Taliban leaders say people like Jalil won't face reprisals. They promise protection. Jalil doesn't believe it. There are reports the Taliban, they were searching the houses. We cannot trust anybody. Jalil's barely leaving the house. When he does go outside, he's ditching his usual clothes. I normally wear cargo pants, jeans, with t-shirts. Now he wears more traditional Afghan clothing to blend in. Loose pants, a black vest. I have changed my shoes to the sandals like a Taliban wear. The family's also running out of cash. Just before the Taliban takeover, Jalil was a security guard at the Finnish embassy. Now the embassy is closed. Despair is setting in. Hopefully the embassy send me an email tonight. Schedule a flight for me as soon as possible because... I have packed everything, and I'm ready to leave. For The World, I'm Monica Campbell.